0: I'm Mike. I'm Austin. We are the test drivers. And we put tech through its paces. And today, Austin, I need your help in trying to help me choose an Android phone. Because I cancelled my Razor pre-order. Wait, you did? Yeah. So basically what happened was, right, I pre-ordered a Razor. I, I mentioned it on our first episode that I had made that pre-order. And then after the show... Lots and lots of reports kept coming out and the situation just seemed to be getting worse and worse for the Razor. You know, and then we saw the Z flip, which had its glass element, and then there was kind of a point where I was like, do I really want the plastic screen phone just because of nostalgia? And then Motorola were just delaying and delaying, and so it kind of got to the point where I just I just called my carrier and I was like, you know what? Let's just cancel that pre order. And it was kind of funny to me, really, because if Motorola could have got their act together and got them shipped out in time, you'd be using they it. They would have had one more customer in me. I, w- I would be a Razer owner, but I just decided that <sighs> I was not gonna. I just wasn't gonna go down that well, especially because the Z Flip, basically compared to the Razer, is no contest. I mean, right? it's just clear. Just on paper, is no contest. Let alone like all of the videos that I've seen, and I have actually held a Z Flip. So, but we'll talk about, we're going to talk about that phone and stop doing that noise at me. (laughs) We're going to talk about that phone a little bit later on in the show because I want to talk about the conundrum of choosing an Android phone because it is much more difficult than choosing an iPhone. Well, I mean, that's the advantage
1: of an iPhone is that you essentially get one new phone a year. Or I guess at this point you get a couple of options, but it's pretty straightforward, right? I yep. mean, do you want to do like the standard 11? Do you want to do the Pro? Do you want to do the Pro Max? It's just pretty much what size and sort of what level of feature are you looking for. Android is there's a new phone that comes out. It seems like every few weeks to every month or so each have significant pros and cons, which is nice. I mean, there's certainly choice. I mean, the Z Flip and the Razer are hugely different than any other Android phone out there. So you got a lot of options but also if you're looking for a phone especially to use long term unless you're really committed to like oh i just use you know the note every year or something there are so many choices to i mean just it's really easy to get mixed up in oh i want to do this oh wait but next 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 there's a lot more complication here
0: yeah i mean because like you said it and i get it right like it is an advantage to being in the iphone world that you you do only have to make one relatively small decision every year about which phone you go for like you can have you know if you go for the max over the regular size it will make a big difference to the way that you feel using the phone but there isn't a huge variance of differences to go through right but then on the flip side the advantage in the android world is you can pick the device that fits your specification you don't just have to choose from what is a very limited set that is on offer
1: Exactly. So, for example, if you love the headphone jack, LG are still putting in great like quad DACs in their phones. If you want something folding, obviously Samsung really has the lead there. If you want RGB LEDs on your phone, <laughs>
0: you know you can you can get that
1: if you want that. And that's the the only downside to all of this is just sort of like we were talking about earlier is the timing mm. and sort of making sure that you're getting what you want because the year cycle doesn't even really exist. In the android space so much right so like you look at something like the the galaxy s20 right so typically speaking one of the biggest competitors to the iphone you know they do want a new one every year but then six months later you've got the note and the note is in many cases very similar to the s20 or the s line
0: well they are now right Yes. i used to get the idea that you would either be an s customer or a note customer because they were really different especially in size but now the s20 plus and look at the ultra they are as big as notes now. Yes, in fact, I think the Ultra actually may be slightly bigger. You know, the difference is an S Pen, right? Like, do you are you, you, you going to get into the S Pen, right? Because that's kind of still the one hardware thing that sets them apart. But like, yeah, but that's the point, right? And it's the same with OnePlus. I was looking over their line. You know, they seem to release a new phone every two to three months. <laughs> like, seriously, like, and they and there are like minor differences between some of them. But there are differences. Like, once they start in the year, they have a new one kind of every little while. And you've got this version and the pro version, this version and the pro version. So it does seem like there's never really a good time unless you are committed to a brand, right? Yes. Okay, so... Let me help guide you through
1: the wilderness here because Uh I actually think it's easy to kind of take a step back and be like, oh, there's so much choice. But I think once we start kind of taking a little bit of a step forward and thinking about exactly what you're looking for in a phone, the many, many choices will start to go away. And I actually think that now is not a bad time to buy a phone, mostly because – At the beginning of the year, that's usually when the new chipsets, specifically like the Snapdragon stuff, like what every flagship is going to use is the 865 this year. That's now starting to trickle out to phones. So at least you're not buying a phone, say, from last year that, you know, is immediately going to be out of date. So I don't think now is a terrible time to choose a phone.
0: Well, but then there has to be things that are on offer, right? Because I'd had my eye on the OnePlus 7T Pro. Okay. Probably the McLaren edition because it just looks cool. I mean, the carbon fiber is nice. <laughs> I like it. I like the. I like the color. I like, I like the orange in it. And people seem to love them, right? Like I know you've you've made many videos about the OnePlus line, and I know that MKBHD has made a bunch of videos and has and I believe had been using the McLaren yeah. edition. Did it win his phone of the year? It did. It yeah.
1: did. I believe it was the Seven Pro, which obviously the Seven T is very slightly better than the Seven Pro, but they're essentially the same thing. However, Mike don't buy that why please do not buy why it's coming back to what i was saying earlier about the whole like snapdragon processors well yes the 865 might not be a massive step forward but what it is is sort of the beginning of the 2020 generation of phones okay right so if you spend your money on a 7 70 pro mclaren 5g whatever they call it it's a great phone But I feel like you're going to be sort of missing out on some of the new features that we're getting this year, specifically with stuff like millimeter wave 5G. Mm. Just hold out because there's a lot of phones that are even coming out right now, such as if you'll just give me one moment. I don't know if you can hear. That doesn't make a very satisfying noise. Five minutes. I actually didn't told you this. Five minutes before we started recording, an S20 Ultra was dropped off at my doorstep. Oh. I had not even opened it yet. Oh, Okay. These phones are coming very shortly, but I would highly recommend do not buy a 2019 flagship right now Mm -hmm. if you want the full test driver experience of a 2020 Android phone at the top of its game.
0: Okay. I do think that like OnePlus phones, they seem to be a brand that I'm interested in because they have very good specs typically and it's as close to stock Android as kind of any manufacturer seems to be.
1: It's pretty close to the Pixel as far as level of... Not like software updates, like OnePlus, is, especially over the last year or so, has become really quite good about delivering updates in a very timely fashion, launching their phones with an up to date version of Android, which, side note, with that Moto Razor that, thankfully, you've canceled now, that was still
0: running Android 9. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> never going to get 10. Like, <laughs> oh. I have actually tried one of those, too. Like, I, I went to a carrier store... And the guy let me handle both phones. And there is a massive difference between the Razer and the Z Flip. I am very pleased that I was able to cancel that Razer order. The nostalgia was strong, but I think I would have been really disappointed in that phone. That
1: is such a case of like, they had so much goodwill with the Razer. And then it literally over the last couple of weeks, everything that could have gone wrong has gone wrong. Yep. I don't think you made a bad
0: decision. So let's go back to OnePlus, right? Okay. Should I wait? For the next OnePlus, how long is that gonna be? Well do you think? Uh, it's tough. So
1: generally speaking, OnePlus are on a twice a year upgrade schedule. So for example, if we take a look at last year, around May, I believe, the OnePlus 7 and 7 Pro came out, or I mm-hmm. think seven was slightly after the Pro, but it was in that sort of May timeframe. And then about four or five, six months later, something like that. They upgraded these phones with the T model, which was similar, but, you know, a little bit better spec. Specifically, the standard OnePlus 7T was a major upgrade. But regardless, generally speaking, they're twice a year. So you could definitely wait. So they've already started talking about the OnePlus 8. In fact, I know that before the S20 was announced, OnePlus went on record as saying, hey, our next phone is going to have a 120 hertz display, which, of course, is one of the main headlining features of the Galaxy S20. So we know that the OnePlus 8 is coming. We know that it will have that 120 hertz display. And sort of if we were betting, I think the April, May time frame is probably around when we should
0: expect it. So I want to give you some of my requirements for a phone. I want to give you kind of like, this is what I want in an Android phone. Good camera. Doesn't have to mm. be the best camera because I'm not planning on leaving the iPhone behind. So I don't need the camera on my Android phone to be as good or better it just needs to be kind of possible right okay so that's kind of where i am with that so
1: that would definitely be a point for say like the s20 or the oneplus 8 will probably be okay but generally speaking they're usually like that's probably the biggest issue with oneplus phones they're
0: fine on cameras but they're not great there's certainly a step down that's the impression that i've gotten that like they've gotten better over time but it's one of the things that they lack is is their problem hardware or software One Plus with the camera?
1: I would say. Say software, mostly because most of well most phones generally speaking have very similar lenses and yep. cameras. A lot of it really isn't the software because especially in this sort of day where it's not like you just like you know hit the shutter button, it just takes a still. I mean, there's like so many different like HDR processes, there's multi-frames that are being like blended, mm-hmm. there's all this sort of like AI processing to sort of bring certain levels of each photo out. So I really do think it's very much on the software and the image processing side mm-hmm. versus hardware, because all these different companies have pretty pretty much access to these same hardware components for their cameras. Yeah,
0: it's like, how many exposures are you taking? What data are you looking for? How are you combining them? Exactly. It seems like the companies with the most money are the ones doing the best jobs right now, because probably they're able to get the best talent and throw as many people behind it as possible. Because it exactly. seems like a very complicated and complex Thing to do
1: and it's momentum too because like if you're yeah. a google or a, an apple or a samsung who started you know investing in ai sort of photography five years ago well you know maybe stuff that you invented three years ago is just now hitting the market whereas if oneplus decided a year ago go hey you know what we should hire some of these guys and start working on it there's a huge disadvantage so yeah yep. there's definitely a momentum effect in
0: that so i want a minimum 90 hertz refresh rate um, Ooh, on a screen. Okay. and the reason i want this is because this is a feature that android phones have but iphones do not have yes so for that obviously s20 is
1: clearing that bar with 120 hertz as well as OnePlus plus eight uh should have no problem i mean there are a couple of other devices so if you were going to consider anything from 2019 i'll throw a mention to the pixel 4 because it does have that 90 hertz display and a great camera but there are a lot of other issues with that so i'd probably say that's another point for
0: like samsung
1: also i guess that does if you were to say consider a z flip
0: that would kind of knock that out of contention as well i don't really think the z flip is in contention right now i love it but i'm just we're gonna talk like the second half of the episode today i think we're gonna talk a lot about foldables oh yes but right now i'm not sure i've been enjoying the z flip Ideally, I would like close to stock Android because I tend to be not a huge fan of the phones that have heavy UI customization. I like Google's version of Android. I think it looks the nicest. It tends to be the most toned down because even Samsung with One UI have gotten things into gear recently. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. not necessarily what I would prefer. Like I still think that Google's version of Android looks better than Samsung's, but it's much closer now. I know that was an intentional thing, but it's much closer now to a point where I feel like I could use it, where before, like, I couldn't stand TouchWiz. Like, I hated that.
1: Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> the water, the drop noises. I remember I was at an event. It was like the Galaxy S3 launch or something. And I remember I was in a room where basically, you know, they gave it, it was to myself and a bunch of other tech YouTubers. And we all were, like, unboxing our phones in the single conference room. And the entire room was filled with these, like, bloop, 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 bloop
0: that will be burned into my memory forever. <laughs> you know, they were going for a thing, but it just did not work for me. But I think more than anything, though, more than the UI design, I want to be on the latest and greatest version of Android. That's, Of course. I care about that because I want the platform features. Yes. And it's wild to me that this isn't better. <laughs> it just, it, you know, it feels like even waiting a couple of months seems wild it just seems really really wild like quite alien to me
1: Things have gotten better.
0: I mean, if we were having this conversation two years ago,
1: it would be significantly worse. It would basically be like, oh, you need like a Nexus or Pixel, Mm -hmm. and that's it. Like everything else is just months behind. However, lately, and especially I would say in 2019, a lot of other companies, and I'll give a huge shout out to OnePlus here, have really sort of stepped it up. So for example, with the OnePlus 7T, it launched actually pretty close to around the time when the Android 10 came out, and it had it preloaded, right? That was something that you used to never see, Now, obviously, you can never guarantee anything going forward. All these companies generally give some kind of guarantee of like, oh, we're going to support it for like a year or two years or whatever, but they don't say we're going to be timely about it. I mean, it might get Android 11... Six months later, but given where OnePlus has been lately, I would say that they get a pretty big win. Not only on the fact that they have a close to stock Android experience with some thoughtful touches on top, I like the way that they do their software, and they've been pretty on point with software updates. So I will definitely give that to a OnePlus 8 or 8 Pro or whatever they decide to call it.
0: And then the last thing, my last requirement is I want an android phone that has something i cannot get with an iphone Ooh! again like this could maybe just be a really great refresh rate on the screen but like i i want my phone to have some feature that makes all the other differences worth it you know and i that is going to be like a very difficult thing to quantify i think but it's kind of like why would i want this phone for what this phone is compared to the iphone
1: that's a tougher one it's tough yeah at the end of the day most apps that i use on a daily basis are almost identical Mm -hmm. between ios and android right i mean sure there's certainly like little issues where like oh you know what the ios version is a little bit smoother or maybe the android version has like an extra feature but really like generally speaking most apps are going to be the same and of course there is i would say a probably more robust sort of really high quality a variety of apps that are available on iOS. And I think, I mean, especially for someone who, like you who are so invested in iOS and so invested in like the iPad ecosystem, a lot of those apps just simply don't have an Android version. Mm-hmm. Or when they do, a lot of times, they're slightly less high quality. But... That being said, there are also a lot of apps that are exclusive to Android. So, for example, I was recently on uh, actually a few flights over this week, and I spent a lot of time playing Game Boy Advance uh, emulators as well as playing like Gran Turismo 1 on the PS1 using my Android phone, right? That's not something that you can easily do on iOS. Yep. As far as features go, I mean, it's kind of tough. I would actually say that for as much as a clean stock Android experience is nice, One UI on Samsung devices actually isn't bad. And if you're looking for like unique features, so for example, something I realized just uh, the other day, I was taking a photo, I was in the middle of like a meeting, I was trying to take a photo of the presentation on screen. I pulled up my Z Flip, I went to go take a photo of it and immediately said, oh, do you want to scan it? I just tapped it and it scanned that part of the image and just saved it straight in. That's something I was like, oh, I had never noticed that that's a thing. So like Mm -hmm. there's certainly some nice little features like that that are built into Samsung phones. But I kind of feel like for this one, unless again, you want like a radically different form factor like a Z Flip, most Android phones are going to give you a lot of the same advantages over iOS in that it's different and it's new and it's kind of
0: something which will maybe kind of get your brain thinking in a different way. This episode of the Test Drivers is brought to you by Hello. Hello, make insanely comfortable buckwheat pillows. Buckwheat pillows are amazing. They support your head and neck. They do not collapse under the weight of your head like traditional pillows because they are filled with what are called buckwheat hulls. The closest thing I can resemble them to is almost like beans in a beanbag. They are not fluffy, these are not fluffy pillows. But these are really comfortable, really supportive pillows that really stay cool and dry. Not like feather or foam pillows that might get warm. These things stay super cool. There's no more flipping to the cool side of the pillow. do I get humid. It is awesome. You can also add or remove the filling to suit your needs. So your pillow can be just the size that you want it to be. I have been sleeping on a hollow pillow for nearly two years at this point and I absolutely love it because I get the pillow that I want, giving me the support that I want, being the right size that I want. It's absolutely fantastic. I find it super soothing to lay my head and hear the buckwheat moving around inside. Really awesome. Big, big fan. Hollow pillows are made in the USA with quality construction and materials. The certified organic cotton case is cut and sewn for durability, and the buckwheat is grown and milled in the US as well. Like, I bet you want to try one of these right now, and you can. You can sleep on a Hollow pillow for 60 nights, and if it isn't right for you, just send it back for a refund. Go to hollowpillowcom test drivers right now to get your own buckwheat pillow. That's H U L L O P I L L O wcom test drivers. And if you buy more than one, they have a special discount of up to $20 off, depending on the size you opt for. There's fast free shipping on every order, and 1% of all profits are donated to the Nature Conservancy. Give it a try. If you love it, keep it. If you don't, send it back. Go to hollowpillowcom slash testdrivers right now. A thanks to Hollow for their support of this show and FM. Looking at what's available right now, obviously, since our last episode, all I've been thinking about is the Samsung phones, because that's the phone right now, the S line, the S20, S20 Plus, and Ultra. And I don't know if I want to go down that road. So what's your hesitation? I'm really curious. So the S20, the standard one, feels like the forgotten phone to me, Okay. even by Samsung, because they had the Ultra and the Z Flip, which are two... Phones that are equally really exciting to me for completely different ways. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know what the benefit to me would be to go with the standard S20. The S20 Plus, at least, I know I'm gonna get the 120 Hertz and it's gonna be a kind of a form factor that I like. Because that S20 size is typically smaller than the phone that I would usually go for. I have been in the larger iPhone club for as long as that as that's been around. I like bigger phones and yeah, that's just my thing, right? Like, I, I, I like to have lots of stuff on the screen. So, the standard S20, I don't think, is what I'm looking for. Right. The S20 Plus is interesting, it's more interesting. But again, like, I don't really feel like I have a good sense for why I would want that exact phone because the Ultra then starts calling to me.
1: <laughs> Dude, so that's the thing. So,. I agree. I'm actually a little bit more positive on the S20 than I think you are, the standard yeah. version, mostly because I am not a huge phone person. I like the standard size iPhone 11 Pro. I like sort of the Z Flip largely because it's small. Like I just like something which is a little bit smaller, especially because I carry two phones all the time and I'm tired of having giant phones in, in my pockets. So yep, there's yep. definitely a little bit of a bigger case for the standard S20. But I think the bigger issue between picking all of them is the price. And that once you hit $1,000, is another $200 for the S20 Plus that much more considering you get the bigger screen and the millimeter wave 5G? Or, and I think especially once you hit 1200 it's like, oh, well, $1,400, I can have the Ultra with the ridiculous cameras. It's a really slippery slope this year.
0: The S20 and the S20 Plus, they fit some of my requirements good camera they can do the 90 hertz right they only do 60 or 120 i don't think there's a specific 90 option sorry i mean like they can have the faster refresh rate oh yes, yes right that's what i mean like they 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 are i can get from them a faster refresh rate screen even though i have to sacrifice the resolution but i'm sure i can live with that but then i it kind of falls down for me in the something Category Like, what is the Mm. thing that makes it different? The reason it falls down for me is because the Ultra has it in spades. Like, the camera system in the Ultra is like, well, that's something you can't get on the iPhone because that thing's doing some crazy stuff. So like, it's really intriguing to me. But then I think to myself, I don't think I could handle a phone bigger than the Pro Max because that's really big, Austin. Like, that's a big (laughs) phone and I don't know if I want to go to that size but then so this is i this is the problem with me with android phones is I can never decide <laughs> I just can't decide right so so then I think to myself oh but I love taking photos on smartphones and editing them and posting them and I bet that I'm I could get some really interesting stuff from those Samsung cameras so like I'm really like I'm not going to order an ultra unless Ooh, okay, okay. The reviews for the camera are absolutely mind-blowing, which they could be. So that's really the main thing that will push you over the edge. Yes, because for me, the only reason that I would go to a phone that is like the size of a boat is (laughs) there has to be something about that which balances the trade-off of how big that's going to be. Because, you know, that is not a one-handed device by any stretch of the imagination. I have pretty big hands. I don't think I could handle that thing, right? Like, with one hand? Yeah. So it's like, well, why then? Well, it's like, well, if that camera can achieve what I think it maybe could achieve, like, that could make it worth it. And the idea of photos that I cannot get otherwise. If only we were
1: recording this podcast... Twenty-four hours from now, when I had opened the Galaxy S twenty Ultra, which is in my hand right
0: now, this is you know future episodes. You know, you I want you to have more time with it. There you go. Subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. If you're not, (laughs) if you're listening to the show, you haven't subscribed yet. Subscribe in your podcast app. So
1: I've got a couple of things I want to hit you with. Mm -hmm. So as far as the Ultra size, it is certainly bigger than the Note ten as well as the iPhone eleven Pro Max. However, there are a couple of things that might not make it quite so ridiculous. First of all. Did you know the Ultra is actually slightly lighter than the iPhone? That is mind-blowing to me. I did not know that. It is significantly heavier than, say, any other Samsung phone. The iPhone is dense, and it's pretty heavy. So this is actually a slightly lighter phone, although mm. I will say, based on my initial hands-on time, it's not quite as even. So it definitely feels like it's a little bit more top-heavy, but not the end of the
0: world. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not surprised with the camera thing, right? <laughs> like, that's going to add weight. Like, it's big, big. Yes. Yes. Another sort of little stat. While it
1: is bigger in pretty much every dimension, it's actually very slightly narrower than the iPhone. So it's Mm. like, what, a millimeter narrower? Or actually two millimeters narrower? So probably easy to hold. Taller. And I would say Mm. it feels heavier, although realistically it's not. But it's not as crazy as it seems. It is certainly a bigger phone, though. I think sort of what it feels like is the biggest question is you want something different, right? Like it's not just that you want to sort of experience Android, but you want something which is significantly different to your iPhone. Mm Because I can definitely say as someone who has sort of daily driven both iOS and Android side by side, the new iPhones are terrific, right? Obviously, this generation, there's really not a lot of sort of major issues. They're just a really, really solid phone, which means that if you're going to also have an Android phone in your back pocket or your front pocket or wherever you're going to keep it, What is it that is going to make you really want to use
0: that phone over your excellent iPhone? You have nailed that for me. That's the one thing that I haven't done a good job of explaining yet. It's like I want to be able to be well-versed in all of the major platforms. So when we're talking about stuff on this show, I can come at it with knowledge. I come at it with experience. So I I really want to have an Android phone that I'm using daily. And for that to occur... It needs to have something about it for me, which makes me want to grab it, which makes me want to go for it and use it. And so, as I mentioned before, I do have a Galaxy Fold. That's a tough one, though. I love this phone. And when I'm at home, I will sometimes just grab for it because I think the form facts are so interesting. But it is not a phone that you can just use easily daily. Yes. Because it is compromised in the one-handedness because the screen is too small on the front and it is compromised in when you open it up because it's not a one-handed device anymore. And it's like this kind of in-between. And I really love it for that. Like When I'm at home, I find it a nicer device to use sometimes than my iPhone because I have a bigger screen and it's cool yeah. and I like to use it. But it is not something that I would consider a daily driver, which is I'm really intrigued how the Z Flip holds up in that department.
1: Well, it's funny you mention that, Mike, because this seems like a perfect segue to okay. that nefarious
0: option of the Z Flip. Mm. That sounds so good, right? I'll tell you where I am before we even start talking about this. I mean, okay. I have my foot in two camps with this phone. I both don't want to talk about it with you because I figure you're going to make me buy one of these things. <laughs> but then I also want you to talk me into it and tell me oh, it's okay. Friend. That's where I am with this. You have
1: found the right person to talk to.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: So let me sort of fill you in. So since the last time we recorded, which was right at the Galaxy S20 launch, since then, I've had the Flip for four or five days now. And in fact, I actually purchased this with my own money. So obviously something I'm really excited about. There are a couple of things that sort of have really jumped out to me in using the Z Flip. And I'm not even going to bury the lead. It's better than I thought. And it is real daily driver material. That's surprising to
0: me because I feel like I, I don't know how it could be.
1: Look, I will completely admit that I am falling in love with this phone in a way that is not practical or rational in any way. (laughs) But I love it. I legitimately love it. I love it in a way that I
0: have not loved a new piece of technology in a very long time. Now, see, this is interesting to me because I have a tendency of getting really excited about any new technology that comes into my life. But you see way more technology than I do. So I am expecting that your threshold is higher than mine. This is the first phone that I have been this
1: excited for in, I can't even remember, right? So, okay, so let me kind of walk through some of the reasons why the Z Flip is so cool. Okay, I will say, actually, I think you like the Galaxy Fold more than I do. I actually didn't really like it that much. I thought it was too compromised. while it's nice to be able to unfold it and have like a small tablet, to me, that phone just didn't feel right. It didn't feel like the way that a folding phone really should grab me. The Razer was something that I was much more interested in. However, spending just a few minutes with it at the launch event, like there were some clear issues with that phone. And especially in the time since then, it's fallen apart. Like I don't think it's a realistic option for anyone besides someone who's just really, really nostalgic. So, when the Galaxy Flip was announced, I was much more interested because, to me, going into it, it seemed like less of a compromised device. So, okay. I think that was one of the issues with the, the Razer and, and the Fold, is that while they're cool and it's an interesting gimmick, there were major problems with them. Whereas, when it comes to the Z Flip, at least going into it, it seemed much more like a no-compromises device, or at least a fewer-compromises device. So, if you go back to your criteria as far as what you're looking for... For a phone, it's got pretty much everything. So it's got a good camera. So the spec of this thing is essentially the same as the Galaxy S10 from last year. Not great, obviously, we're a year behind. But that being said, still has a very good camera. In some cases, I would say it's somewhere between like uh, an iPhone XS and an iPhone 11. Like it's it's in a good sort of space, right? You also have a decent Android build i think that samsung have some interesting things they've put on top of it it's certainly not as clean as like a oneplus or whatever but i think the real thing that this sort of delivers that i think will be interesting for not only me but also for you who's looking to get into this android ecosystem something different this is so different in so many ways i am really really surprised at how much i have
0: fallen in love with this c flip i cannot believe this like this is a big surprise to me Austin like I was not expecting you to love this device so much I'm still in the honeymoon phase I will say up front but
1: I spend a fair bit of time with a lot of different devices and I will certainly get excited I mean I know when I you know had the OnePlus plus seven pro last year I was really excited but I didn't feel like I feel about this phone so actually if you want to take a look at our show doc I have a photo here I specifically hit it using some crafty tools give me a moment okay you see it now yeah this is one of the biggest selling points for this phone. So we'll have this in the show notes. The phone will stand up by itself. Now, it seems like a minor point. When they mentioned this at the keynote, I was like, oh, okay, cool. You know, that that's kind of clever. It sort of gives some extra utility. This is actually kind of a big deal. So the way that the Z Flip works, it's not like something like, say, a laptop where you can easily move the hinge in any way. It'll obviously open, but it'll only sort of catch in sort of like a roughly 90 degrees sort of way. Actually, what what would that be? Like maybe 70 degrees or something. Like it'll open like two thirds, but essentially you can set it down on a table and have the screen facing up. Now there's actually a bunch of reasons why I found this to be really useful. So I know you're big into pop sockets, right? Yep, big pop socket guy. This actually feels like a better pop socket in some ways. So let me give you a couple of examples of how it's been useful. So for example, the other day, I was ordering food, and I just was sitting around waiting for it to to show up. I just set my phone down, flipped it, and I just started scrolling through news, scrolling through Twitter. It's surprisingly natural. Watching a video, if you're ever watching a video in portrait mode, you know, the the top of the screen has the video, no problem. You're sitting there watching it, you have to touch the phone, and I would just have it propped up uh, vertically so I could just sit there and watch video and just kinda like eat or whatever. Or, one of the nice things is, if you rotate it on its side and fold it just a little bit, It'll stand up on its own. So the other night, I was in bed. I was like, you know what? I'll watch a couple videos. Instead of having to hold my phone, I just tilted it a little bit, set it down right in front of me, watch videos. It's really cool. Mm. It's
0: really cool. Mm. (laughs) See? You're you're feeling it now, right? Yeah. I mean, and yes, I saw, I think you posted this on Twitter, like the Game Boy Advance SP. Because yes. I think Sarah Dici, she posted a video which went viral yep. and it was hilarious of like before <laughs> the phone uh, was announced, there was like, as was normal with Samsung, there was like a video of somebody unfolding the phone. And she took a Game Boy Advance and unfolded it in the same way. And it was hilarious and fantastic because it looks like a Game Boy Advance SP, but you took it to the next step of like, well, yeah, but now I've just put a Game Boy Advance emulator on it and I'm playing yep. Pokemon
1: Yes. And the thing is, so the only slight downside with the Game Boy aspect is that the hinge, I wish it would open just a little bit more evenly. So essentially, you can obviously have it completely unfolded. You have to sort of close it to like we said, like that 70 degree or so before it will hold. So the Game Boy, it doesn't quite match. But still... It is really good, and especially with a Game Boy emulator where you can, like, move the buttons and everything around, you can get it pretty much feeling like an SP, and it'll even vibrate, so every time you tap a button, you have a little bit of haptic feedback, mm-hmm. which, side note, the haptic motor on this phone is really excellent. But, dude, I, this thing is really fun. It's just, it's just so fun in so many ways. I have found so much use for the folding form factor that I never
0: thought I would. All right, there's a... Okay. I have a lot of things. (laughs) So you have piqued my interest, right? Okay, but I have many more areas that I need you to sell me on before I join your Z Flip Club. All right, you've started for yourself. Let's do it. The aspect ratio. This thing is super tall. When you're using it in normal circumstances, how does that feel?
1: So, for reference, if you've used, say, like a standard like Galaxy S10 or iPhone like 11, it's about that same width. So that's a big plus. Again, for me, I don't like really wide phones. It is significantly narrower than something like an 11 Pro or whatever. However, it is also significantly taller. It is a 2636 by 1080 display. So it's fine. I will say that I look some apps don't support it really well instagram is a big offender so just like with the galaxy fold the z flip cuts off instagram stories that's
0: really irritating to me it's my least favorite feature about the fold like the square screen of the fold is like perfect for the feed yeah because you get like one image per scroll it's great but it cuts off the top and bottom of instagram stories in a way that is maddening to me
1: Yes. So it's not quite as bad as on the Fold. So the Flip, just because it's a little bit taller, you basically lose a little bit of the sides. Still something that I feel like Instagram should just i mean
0: i get why they didn't fix it for the fold i expect they will fix it for the z flip because this does seem like a more popular device and it's also not a wildly weird aspect ratio i mean for example
1: sony have been shipping 21.9 phones for a while this is like it's not like something insane so hopefully that's something that they will sort of bring on but the screen generally speaking i do like and the extra height is nice for example when i'm scrolling through twitter i've got like two extra tweets on my screen or i'm scrolling through a web page i will say mostly thumbs up with a couple of caveats on the aspect ratio. All
0: right, so you've actually solved me on this one because okay, the reason I always go for the bigger phones is I want the most content possible on a screen at any time because that's what I'm looking at it for. So most of the content that I consume in my life are in lists, right? It's email mm, inboxes, yeah. tweets, messages. Being able to see more of that type of stuff I always want that. So that is a check in that department. Okay, so it doesn't feel like really it's super comfortable to use with one hand for like the unboxing videos that I've seen to like get to the top corners. But the flipping thing, the way that you flip and unflip this phone, it kind of seems like this is a mostly two-handed device anyway, at least in certain circumstances. Can you unflip with one hand? You know what?
1: I have actually only tried to do it once or twice. Let me see if okay. I can do it right now. So I've got it in my hand. But the and- point is you're not
0: doing it, right? Like Ooh. you are using two hands regardless. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's
1: a two hand. I actually <laughs> I only tried it once. I couldn't do it. I actually do have the case on. So it does come with this little plastic case in the box, which I actually definitely recommend because it feels like a fragile phone. And I want to keep it from cracking and shattering. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's. You can do it one-handed. It's pretty tough, though. I think this is a two-handed phone, not only because of the size, but also just it makes it easier for the flip.
0: Okay. And I'm not, like, I was trying to state for the record, like, I'm not completely against the phone if it's two-handed rather than one-handed. Because there are times when I am using both hands on my phone, and that's fine. Wait, do you use the 11 Pro Max with one hand? Most of the time, yeah. Really? A big hands.
1: Damn, man.
0: I can do that, right? Like, I can't, like, you know, it takes sometimes a bit of shuffling to get to that top left-hand corner, but by and large, like, I'm using one hand with it. Okay. And I feel like, that, I, you know, that's fine, but I will also use two hands sometimes. Like, it it kind of just depends on what the circumstance calls for. But what I do know about One UI is Samsung has done a good job of trying to optimize the phone for one-handed yes. use.
1: And that's actually something I will definitely give, if, especially if you don't have a lot of experience with Android. There are some nice, sort not only picture-in-picture modes. So for example, with YouTube Premium, I think it's only with premium. You can, if you exit the app, you'll have a little floating YouTube window. I oh, love being able, like write up a tweet or the other day I was like, I was playing like a game and I had like a video I was playing in the background. I just kind of pushed it off to the corner. That's nice. And Samsung and Google have worked together to make some split. There's some phrase for it, but essentially you can run two apps at a time or yep. apps can be multi-screen aware. It's my favorite thing of the fold is that I can yes. have
0: two apps on screen, sometimes three. I mean, you can get crazy with the Fold and then have like another six floating windows, which is just hilarious. (laughs) But, you know, there was a thing I was doing the other day where I needed to have an email, a web browser, and a password manager on screen. I didn't need to have them. I needed to have access to them all. Right. And I could have been flipping back from one to the other, but it was so much easier. I was actually using my Galaxy Fold to be able to just segment the screen into three, and I could just be jumping from app to app doing what I needed and being able to see it all at one time. And I expect that considering the Z Flip's very clear division down the middle, it's really nice to use two apps at one time on that screen. Generally, yes. It is certainly not as good
1: as the Fold. I mean, it's just sure. a smaller screen. Yeah, of course. But yeah, yeah, it is It is usable. The only thing is based on the way you fold it. When you do have it on the half, the width of the screen becomes a little bit of an issue. It's a, it seems a little bit narrow, and it's it's almost like two square screens. Not quite, but it's a little mm-hmm. bit sort of small but that being said because especially once you kind of fold it like halfway and like set it on a table it's really nice to scroll through one app on the top one on the bottom throw a video like kind of all the way up on like the top corner or something it works well but mike okay before we get on the love train before we're all in the Mm. test driver zone whatever phrase we have for this phone the issue with the z flip is that while it is hands down the best built version of a folding phone yet i still feel slightly uncomfortable with the hinge folding dirt screen whatever you want to call it issues okay so yep i'm very early into this right less than a week i have had no issues however i had a little bit of a scare yesterday so there is um so essentially if you haven't actually tried the z flip there's actually a little like sort of rubber bumper all the way around which especially in 2020 feels a little weird because there's like somewhat significant bezels around this phone mm-hmm. now obviously the rubber's important because as you close it that's what touches raised bezels not even just bezels yes. they're raised it almost feels like you you're using a normal phone you have like a case on it with like a little bit of like yep. a bump yep. on the side yep. so in that, there's a little kind of hinge like cover that's very similar to what they have on the Galaxy Fold. So essentially on the edges where the, the screen folds to make sure the, like dirt and debris doesn't get in. However, yesterday I was using the foam and I saw there's a little bit of like dirt or like lint or something on the side. So I tried to take my finger and kind of like clear it out but the thing is, they had this little end piece on it where I couldn't do it. So I literally was, like, trying to use my shirt. I started getting nervous. I'm like, oh, no, this is about to get inside the hinge. It was totally fine. I was able to get it out after kind of, like, sort of working it for a moment. But that a few days in makes me kind of... I'm sure they've done some stuff. And if you've seen the jerry-rig everything tear down in the... I've in the yep. Yes, which I we've definitely got to talk about that. But I have some reservations about the long-term durability of this phone. I think it will probably be okay, but... I'm not, especially considering how expensive this phone is, that would actually be my biggest downside of, I have no idea how this phone is going to hold up three, six months from now, maybe even a year. Like that, Mm -hmm. to me, is probably the biggest sort of, question mark as far as fully recommending the z flip right now
0: i think this is the issue with folding phones right like and when i talk about you know i, I wonder like are, are any of these actually daily drivers right now and it feels like for some reason you know for for good reason like the z flip is an incredible feat of engineering they have done massive jumps in a year from the fold to this it really is wild to see the the, the jumps that they've taken but there are still problems with this type of device like one of them is a creased still has a crease in it right and it's yep. just like you can let it go and i think it's fine to let it go and it's just like okay i can i can deal with it but it is there and it would be nicer if it wasn't and you are always going to be concerned about it right like is dirt gonna yeah. get in it right like it's always a fear for like, I have to baby the phone a little bit. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, okay, but you're getting into that. But it's still like, it doesn't make it as easy to look after these devices when like regular phones are getting more and more like bulletproof. You know, the glass is getting stronger all the time. They're getting more waterproof, more dust resistant. And then these phones are like, all right, go all the way back to the beginning. (laughs) Like this thing. fingernails away from the screen. It's like a bananas thing to think about because my fingernails are attached to my fingers, which are interacting (laughs) with the screen all the time. And then, oh, you mentioned the J-Rig Everything video. Tetherdown was yeah. amazing. Really, really impressive on the
1: hinge. I didn't realize yep. how complicated it was. But I think the biggest issue with what Zach did in that video, and if you guys haven't seen it, definitely check it out in the, in the show notes. But mm-hmm. essentially, it doesn't... It's okay. So Samsung has made a big deal about this has a glass display. And it does have a glass display underneath a unremovable plastic piece. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is glass. It looks fine. But realistically, if you take your fingernail and really dig it in, it will cut the screen. It will scratch the screen. And that is a permanent mark. And to top it off, you can't really easily put on a screen protector. Now, I know that there's some kind of thing you can take to like a Samsung store and they'll like put one on for you. And I actually may do that at some point. But it's a phone which uh, it's tough because like I am loving it right now. And I have had no issues, right? Like, these are all, like, fears and worries. And as time goes on, maybe you'll be like, you know what? This is no problem. I was worrying about nothing. But also, maybe my $1,400 phone will have real issues in two or three months. And that's sort of
0: the trade-off right now. This episode of The Test Drivers is brought to you by Backblaze, the unlimited cloud backup for Macs and PCs that starts at just $6 a month. No gimmicks, no add-ons. A few years ago, when I was getting ready to launch my company, AFM, I was using a MacBook Pro as my daily device. I was working away and I had a glass full of Coca-Cola. I knocked over the glass, dumped straight into the laptop keyboard, destroyed it. That thing died immediately, never came back to life. And here was the problem. I was not at that time a smart enough individual and I was not using Backblaze. And oh boy, did I regret it because there was some data on that device that I know was lost. And do you know what's worse? I actually don't know everything that I lost at that time. I was a fool to not be using online backup at that point and I've never looked back from that moment. As soon as I got my next laptop, I immediately signed up for Backblaze and now all of my data, all of my documents, music, photos, videos, everything, all my projects, everything that is important to me is backed up in the cloud. And that is what you should be doing as well. Backblaze have backed up seven hundred and fifty petabytes of data and counting. That is seven hundred and fifty million gigabytes. These folk, they know their stuff. If you have a data disaster, Backblaze have a bunch of ways that you can get your data back back they can ship you a hard drive with all of your data on it if you want and once you've restored everything you can send the hard drive back to them for a full refund of course you can download your files from them and even if you don't have a disaster you have those files right you can access a file on the go they have apps as well where you can access your data you can access your projects wherever you are from your phone back up your stuff please Trust me, if you have a Mac or a PC and you are not using online backup, go to backblaze.com slash testdrivers. You can try it out for 15 days. It's a fully featured free trial that will also let them know that you heard about them from this show. That is backblaze.com slash testdrivers. Do it today. Thank you to Backblaze for saving us from countless data disasters and for their support of this show and RelayFM. So you're talking so highly of the form factor, right? For this Mm -hmm. device that like this form factor works and it's nice and it's got some advantages to it. But there's other things that I want to know about. So one, the general specs and two, the outside screen. Yes. Okay. So the spec is very similar to the
1: Galaxy S10 of last year. So it's Snapdragon 855 plus, 8 gigs of RAM. It is 4G only, not 5G. Okay, look, it doesn't sound all that impressive. However, this is still a perfectly reasonable spec. It is the same spec that you would find in, say, like a OnePlus 7T or a Pixel 4. It is not 5G and is probably going to be a little bit slower than that S20 Ultra. But in normal day-to-day use, I've actually had no issues with that sort of level of performance, level level of power. (laughs) Maybe you'll notice it when you start using the S20 Ultra. Yes, the bigger thing I notice is the lack of a high refresh rate display. That's something that... For all the coolness of the Z Flip, that's probably the one thing I'm missing most. Uh, the last phone I was using was the OnePlus 7T, so I'm coming from that. And it's certainly fine. Like, I can get used to it. It's no problem. But it is something that I do notice. But the spec actually, I would say, gets a thumbs up from me. It's obviously you're paying a premium for that folding design. But the other thing, which I think is something that after spending a few days with it, seems like a no-brainer to include for other phones, is that external display. But it's tiny, though. Yeah, okay, okay. So there are a couple of caveats, right? The Fold has obviously a full Android display on front, right? You can open up apps. Like It's like a real... Like You could use that as your only screen if you really uh, wanted to. Right? You,
0: um, uh, well,
1: if you tried, you could. Technically, yes. it runs Android on that screen. You are correct. Yes. yes. <laughs> With the Razer you have a larger display, or sorry, larger compared to the Z Flip. It's like an inch and a half or something. And that is something I think is pretty much the perfect sort of middle ground, right? So you can have your notifications, you have your time, you can easily use it as like a selfie screen. Cool. And I really
0: like that you can take a selfie with the main camera. I think that that's great. Yes, it makes so much sense. Absolutely. Now when it comes to the Z Flip, it has a tiny screen
1: like it's like an inch but that almost is like overselling the real size like it's essentially like if you look at the phone on one side on like one half of the top you have the two cameras on the other half you have the screen like it's literally like that size however I actually do really appreciate it. Now, yes, of course, with a folding phone, I don't wanna to have to unfold it every time I see a notification. So it's nice to be able to have that little screen which will show me not only like the time, if I plug it, the battery in, I'll say like how long it will take to charge, but I can really easily just swipe over to the left and I'll have a couple of notification icons. And if I swipe over to the right, I have tiny controls for my music, right? And realistically, that actually is enough for my use so far. Would I like it to be a little bit larger? Absolutely. But this screen alone, I feel like is useful enough that I don't see why more phones don't include it. Right? Like I actually wouldn't mind having a tiny little screen on the back so if I just set my phone down on a table, just have like, you know, a notification or something. It's so small, I feel like it
0: would be easy to integrate and I like it. It could mm-hmm. be bigger. But, now you see, I okay, I tell you why I don't agree with that statement. If I'm turning my phone over most of the time, I want it to not bother me. Ah, okay. And what That's I would fair. still like about the Z Flip is I have the an extra option of not full screen, so I'm not getting the full Mm -hmm. thing, or I can have the little preview, or I can have nothing. If you took that little screen and put it on the back of every other phone... (laughs) then i i I can never get away from it austin okay you know i will totally give you that book over the phone right like (laughs) please leave me alone i'll give you that i'll give you that but i understand the point that you're making of like it does add additional utility without lighting the entire screen up to show you what's going on like it's almost like the benefit of an always-on display right yes but there
1: and it actually works pretty well for selfies as well. So, for example, if you just t- double tap the power button, you'll see it. It's a tiny screen, but it is enough to frame. And if you double tap the screen again, it will switch between the main and the ultra wide. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I'm quite happy with that. It makes a lot more sense. I'll give you a little sort of secret here. When I'm using an iPhone, the way I try to take like a nice selfie with like night mode is I'll like I'll hold the rear camera up with like my uh, wife and I or whatever, and then I'll use my Apple Watch to try to like frame it right and then like trigger the the timer. It's a really goofy scenario. Take the Z Flip. It works, but it's like it takes a second for it to connect and you're trying to get it just right. Whereas with the Z Flip, I literally just double tap the power button, raise it up. I can see it on the screen, hit it, no problem. So I'll give that a solid thumbs
0: up. Plus they have that like uh, you can activate the countdown by raising your hand, right? Which is good because they have that on the Samsung phones, right? That little gesture you can do.
1: I've actually never done that. I'll do a live test right now. Because the good
0: thing, whenever I use the button on the side to take a photo, I'm always oh, introducing a shake into the photo. That uh, I can confirm it 100% works. I took a beautiful selfie. See? There you go.
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so can I continue on why the Z Flip is something you should consider?
0: Yeah, go on then. Keep going. The battery
1: is good. Okay. It's actually, I would say good, not great. Not as good as something like, you know, the iPhones, or even it's not quite as good as something like the the OnePlus, but it has a 3,300 milliamp hour battery. And considering that I can actually, like, I probably cut down 20, 30% of my my opens of the phone just by scrolling through that little screen and like kind of changing a track or, or looking at a quick notification, it actually is totally fine. So I have a screenshot here, and I'll share this, but essentially, yesterday, I spent all day using the Z Flip. So I was on, to be fair, I was on a couple of planes, so I had airplane mode on, but I got five hours and 15 minutes of screen on time, and I ended the day at 11%. And actually, that wasn't even a full charge, it was like 92% when I took it off the charger in the morning. So battery life has actually been what I would consider to be perfectly reasonable, and the nice thing is there's no other trade-off with that battery. So not only do you have decent battery life, but you have wireless charging, And you have reverse wireless charging. And those are two things that I feel like, especially the wireless charging, that's a big deal for me. And that's one of the biggest things that I really miss using the OnePlus. Because I have a couple of wireless chargers. It's so nice to be able to just drop the phone down and not worry about it. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Am I making progress right now? Are You're you making it? severe progress. Yes. Excellent. Like I'm now trying to like post-rationalize it in my brain of like <laughs> you know how can we say this is like a test driver saying well what about what is it like to daily drive or a folding phone for a long time? Yeah. See, you know? it's a perfectly reasonable thing.
1: I'm sure the entire audience will tweet you and just give you many words of encouragement on why you should spend fourteen hundred dollars. Okay, I guess we should should we talk about the price? I mean, yeah. We probably I should, we should talk, talk, talk about, about price, right? Price. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot, especially considering that what you're really getting is a Galaxy S10 that folds in half, right? I mean, that's it's the same spec. You're getting very minor yeah, but differences. But I love
0: that sentence that you just said. Like, it's a Galaxy S10 that folds in half. Like, I am so optimistic about foldable phones. Like, uh, I genuinely think that there is a future form factor in there. Yes. I don't think that anything we've seen has really nailed it, right? Like, absolutely, without a question, this is what it is. But I think that a flip phone is makes way more sense than the fold in yes. a form factor. Yes. And I am, like, super encouraged by what Samsung have been able to do in one year. That, like, over the next few years, I think we're really going to land on what this form factor looks like just the idea of any phone that can fold in half is exciting to me just inherently in what it is
1: and i think something that the z flip has really shown me is that there's real utility it's Mm -hmm. not just a gimmick right i mean not only is that nice that you know i have the z flip in my pocket right now it feels like i have half a phone in my pocket sure it's a little bit thicker but it's significantly less tall which i think is really nice but on top of that, there's like real utility in this hinge. That's, I think, the biggest surprise going into this was I figured it would be nice to kind of open and close it. But I didn't really realize that how nice it is to, like, say you're, you're on a video chat with someone, you just fold the screen up a little bit. Boom. It's like hands free. And so much of what I feel like I do on a phone is like, oh man, I wish I had like a pop socket, but it like popped out on the bottom so I could kind of move it back and forth. Especially if for this next generation, they get the hinge that will stop in any direction, in any orientation. Like, if I could just fold it like 10% or something it will be an absolute game changer but i think and I, i may regret these words but i think as of right now a few days in with the z flip there is nothing stopping me from continuing to use this as my daily driver nothing about it besides fear and worry which obviously will be borne out over time there is nothing stopping me from using this phone every single day for pretty much everything i need to do there's really no major downside that i've found yet and that's something that i just did not expect to say going into this
0: So here's where we are. I came into this episode, right, with wanting you to help me choose an Android phone to use. Like, that's what this episode was for. Are you telling me right now that the phone that I should be using is this one, that I should buy this one? Now, again, you are not telling everyone (laughs) certainly not everyone you want certainly not everyone
1: me if i think about the list of reasons that you want an android phone right this is not your only phone you're Mm -hmm. still going to have the iphone i think the z flip does make a lot of sense so while yes the biggest thing it's losing really compared to something like a oneplus is the fact that you don't have the high refresh rate display and you don't have quite as clean of a build of android But at the end of the day, for someone like you, specifically, just like you, who really wants to get into this ecosystem, but really wants something different more than anything, the Z Flip is the only phone that I feel comfortable in recommending. The S20 Ultra has probably the closest runner-up status right now, and who knows what the OnePlus 8 will look like, right? We may have a conversation in three months where it's amazing and incredible, and we just all have to go buy one. But as of what we know right now, the Ultra has a lot of potential. But at the end of the day, while yes, it's going to be a little bit faster, the camera is likely going to be maybe a little bit better, and 5G will be a little bit quicker than what you have right now, it is not a fundamentally different experience. You're experiencing a different operating system, but you've played with Android phones in the past. You've owned Android phones in the past, and none of them have ever really pulled you over to the dark side like I think the Z Flip really might. So yes, Mike, join the Z Flip gang. Plus, okay, look, 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 okay, if you're still on the fence, let me just do this. I know you love fidgeting with things, right? it with this. Look at that.
0: See that? It's good, right? I'm not going to say that that is like the thing that's definitely pushed me over the edge. (laughs) But you know me well enough to know that that's something that I do care about.
1: And the thing is, though, like the way that like in the hand, when you close it, you almost kind of feel like it like it's not like an echo, but you feel it kind of like vibrates slightly because it's like it's you've got a bunch of magnets on the top. So when it snaps shut, it's just like bong it almost feels like if you like close like an expensive car door or something Mm. which may not quite as satisfying but look man i like the z flip a lot two weeks from now we both may be using the z flip and they like every screen is spontaneously combusted but if you want something different if you really want a very unique experience that's not something you're going to get on an iphone anytime soon i feel like the z flip is what i would go for man I love this thing. It's it's really surprised me at how excited I've become about a phone which I was like, oh yeah, you know another flip phone, whatever. And now I'm just like, oh no, this is my new daily. Like it's not even a question. It's is this is my daily now. Are you okay, Mike? You're awfully quiet over there. I think I, I think <laughs> I'm gonna I think I'm gonna do it. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It's you're not going to regret it, right? Like, I mean, I know that you're certainly losing some spec. You're you're losing some things compared to other phones. And I think, like, one of the big ones is obviously the high refresh rate, right? Like, you're totally not getting a perfect phone here. Mm -hmm. But if you think about the fact that it is a different, unique form factor, and especially considering that you've been so excited about folding phones for Mm -hmm. so long. I mean, I know we talked about this in the past. That's one of the reasons this show exists. It's like, oh, you know what? I want to talk about folding phones and I don't have another show to do that on. So I think if you really want to get into it, the Z Flip, it just it's so few compromises for such a cool experience that I think it's worth it.